gonna tell you all a story about a band named Green. That's right. Is this thing on? This is Big Green. back baby and we're gonna start the year out right today with brother Matt Perry cousin Rick Perry two songs by cousin Rick down there in South Carolina oh it's on he's got two songs in the fight some rarities for you. A little bit of big green history. I use a rant and rave. Stay tuned. Welcome everyone to This Is Big Green, the January episode. We've got quite a show for you here today. I'm going to have a little conversation with my brother Matt. Nothing unusual there. We're also going to hear from Rick Perry. Not one, but two new songs by Rick Perry. He's very determined to get his point across, and we're going to help him. What are cousins for? Perhaps some of you remember the conversation my brother had with the Gingrich campaign, which he was kind enough to share with us. Very intriguing, very intriguing. We were hoping that they would be calling us back. They haven't called us back yet. I find that very strange. You'd think they'd be very hungry for uh, volunteers to call down to South Carolina right now and tell people what a rapacious capitalist that Mitt Romney is, unlike so many other Republicans that we could name. Yes. Well, apparently not. They don't need the help. At least they don't need our help. And that's not a huge surprise. However, I do have a comment from the Gingrich campaign, one of their spokespeople. Would you care to say anything? I found a way to cook chicken deep down. You know, I don't believe I like your tone. Are you challenging me? Now, look, we're going to do this for a little while, and that's it. Because I am not going to do it the way you want. I will never be able to do it your way. I can only do it my way. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'll just call back when you're in a better mood. We're going to play a song now off of our Live from Neptune EP. The name of the song is Special Kind of Blood. A recording that we made with our friend Jeremy Shaw. He's now doing the Stone Soup Reunion, upstate New York, every summer. It's an interesting gathering. Very enjoyable. Lots of music. Plenty of good food. Lots of good company. Check it out. Stone Soup Reunion. In any case, Special Kind of Blood with a searing solo by Mr. Jeremy Shaw. Don't understand it. I guess I'm gonna live forever now. Don't understand 
That was Special Kind of Blood by Big Green. That's a song we did about the show The Immortal. And some people um, listening to this podcast may be aware of this. The Immortal was a short-lived show in the late 1960s, perhaps 1970. Um, it It starred Christopher George, and it was about a guy who had a special kind of blood. And a lot of the lyrics are drawn from... Oh, the mythology behind the immortal, the special kind of blood that keeps him alive and people are after him. Um, So that's what special kind of blood is all about. So, Mr. Gingrich campaign spokesperson, what did you think of that little number? You cannot keep telling me what you think is the better thing, the better thing, the better thing, because I don't even know who the hell you are. Come again. I think I've had quite enough of you. Welcome to Poetry Hour. It's Poetry Hour. The Kingfisher at the partially frozen pond by me. Proceed. The Kingfisher here again at the partially frozen pond. He flies above the blind Where I hide imperceptibly Noticing his wing beats And his thirst for power 
for power, says the kingfisher from his lofty perch above the pond, where so many creatures call their homes. Call them home. He paints. <laughs> It's beautiful, beautiful. So this was Poetry Hour. Matt, that was beautiful. Thank you. So how was your Christmas? I'd rather not speak of it. It was depressing, Joe. Depressing? I had to see my family. (laughs) Not them. 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 The pathetic tribe. Half of them renegades, the other half a strange charlatans, a strange anemic race. Some seem to be Arthropithecus <laughs> in nature and in habit. I'm still kind of giving the poetry voice. Christmas with the Australopithecus. That was a Christmas song that we didn't perform this year. Yeah, we do actually have Christmas with the Australopithecus. Australopithecus. The only words I remember is Christmas with the Australopithecus. Yeah, there was something about monkeys in the snow. (laughs) (laughs) Monkeys in the snow. That was in my failure Christmas record. (laughs) <laughs> that was uh, off coming off the triumph of the year before. <laughs> of 1990. <laughs> I seem to remember something about, and it's clear to the clever mind on what ancient tigers dined. Oh, you're kidding. Wow, that yes. sounds kind of poetic. That sounds better than my Kingfisher poem, which I just read and the made up simultaneously. Fisher. So, Joe, we do have some questions from the internet oh. regarding our last... Our, our, a Christmas podcast. Oh, well, for those of you who weren't aware, we did a Christmas extravaganza that lasted, oh, probably <laughs> two like and a half four hours. hours long. <laughs> it <laughs> seemed like six. Listen, if you didn't hear that one, then you shouldn't listen to this one because I'm, I'm like going to be answering questions that somebody posed because of the last one. Is the first question, why was it two and a half hours long? <laughs> why were you born? was I born? I think I left my wallet in the bathroom. <laughs> Eggs each come in their own little compartment. <laughs> yes, we're, we're channeling Zippy now. Zippy the comic. <clears throat> okay, this question is uh, here. Fire away. <laughs> Fire away. Um, blah, 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 blah. This is kind of boring. Um, okay. I'll get to the good pits bits here. The <laughs> sorry, uh, listener who took the trouble to write this in that I just called your <laughs> question boring. <laughs> Skipping to the good bits. The Rick Perry song that went quote. Now you could hang lots of folks. Sounded familiar to me. Was that from a movie or something? And then he has another question, but why don't we answer this one first? No, it was not from a movie. 
but it was from a television show. Now, most of the Rick Perry songs we've been making up out of our own tiny little minds. Well, Rick has, with our help. But this one was actually lifted from um, a Sam Peckinpah flick. No, it was a Sam Peckinpah-directed episode of The Rifleman, starring Chuck Connors. Yes, Sam Peckinpah used to direct um, television shows. Some pretty strong meat there from Sam Peckinpah. (laughs) Yes, he had the ultimate humiliation of directing, perhaps wearing a chicken, chicken suit. An episode of The Rifleman with Lucas McCain and Mutant McCain, his son. Harry Harris wasn't available. <laughs> no, famed director of Lost in Space was not there. Action? No, so, uh, the song went, it was Jake, Jake Party, right? Is that yes, it was. Jake, Jake Party. Jake, Jake Party. Someday you'll hang we actually used this song another time, too, and we were... Lived his life <laughs> in violence, and in, in violence, violence he'll die. Jake, 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 Jake Party, stay you'll hang. Yeah, that's pretty good, Joe. This guy paid attention to Sam Peckinpah. <laughs> Sam Peckinpah. As uh, Matt was saying earlier, we... Um, we did utilize the song before. It was when we were in the process of making Destination our never Space. released movie Destination. No, we're still making it. Space. It's just thirty years in the making. It's thirty years in the making. It will be an epic. <laughs> it's cast, destined to be an epic. Cast of two, <laughs> <laughs> nearly two. Call it one. We had a terrible problem doing it because there were only two of us, and one of us had to work the camera. <laughs> so I was serving as Matt Standen. <laughs> yes, we were doing uh, yeah. we were doing double uh, sort of reverse shots. And yes, it featured a poisoned sandwich at one point. Yes, poisoned with alkaline poisoning. Alkaline poisoning causes hallucinations. Hallucinations or death. Yeah. So we we started. Uh, the main character's name was was uh, Greg, or was it Craig? Yeah, it was Greg. Greg. Greg Beefstrong. Beef Strong, what's your position? Actually, Beef Strong made his way into the theme song of our podcast. Oh, he did. Yes. Ah, excellent. Yes, it's somehow I don't know this, but I guess it sounds kind of familiar. <laughs> it's because you've never listened to it. <laughs> it's because by the time you start talking, time, it's over. Joe, I don't have time. No, it goes. Um, what is it? It's. Um, is this thing on? Oh, yeah, right. Can you read me, Beef Strong? Oh, is that what you're saying? <laughs> You've been out there too long. It's been 30 years. Man, has something gone wrong? That wasn't hey. quite 30 years, just to be fair. It was more like 25 years. Is this thing on? But um, the plot of Destination Space was a little loose and wiggly, but it begins with with Greg Beef Strong driving, 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 driving his faithful truck. And then he's abducted by a vehicle from a strange anemic race. And we used the song that we were just playing moments ago. Yeah, well, you know... It, commandeered it and repurposed it for yes. Greg Beefstrong. Yes, well, there was a, there's kind of a backstory to Greg Beefstrong, too, because oh he... Oh, my God. Yes, because of the Morton County Jail. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Morton County Jail, Morton County Jail, it's a living hell at the Morton 
County Jail. And then for some inexplicable reason, Carl Sagan <laughs> comes in <laughs> to sing the lyrics to the next well, song. Yes. And it's Carl Sagan doing it because it was space related and Carl Sagan was all about space. Yeah, so he sings the No, that's the wrong key. He didn't know in Martin County was bound for outer space. He's followed by a vehicle from a strange anemic race. Greg, Greg, be strong. Someday you'll hang. And that's about as far as we got. <laughs> that was the musical portion of the movie. And then 25 years went by, and here we are today. And we live to talk about it. Now, pretty much the only filming we did of it was, well, just part with Greg Beef Strong <laughs> driving around in a truck, and then <laughs> we did some flashback scenes of of Greg Beef Strong in outer space. Uh, having his drug-induced hallucinations. Yes, because he ate um, alkaloid poisoning, uh, some plant that had alkaloid poisoning. It was a plant that looked like a sandwich, Joe. That's right. He thought for sure that had to be edible. Yes, it looks, even though it looks pleasing and edible. You know, we've gone so long since I started asking the question that I put my book away. Well, what exactly was the question? Um... Well, they asked about the the song and because it sounded familiar to him. And then he asks another question. He said, why did the last Rick Perry song that you did in the podcast mention George W. Bush and Cheney? And what does Rick have to do with the Crab Nebula? Is it because of his lack of faith in science? Signed, Substitute Treacle. Well, that's a very interesting well, question. <laughs> Do you want to try and answer that? Well, Mr. Too? Treacle, it's quite easy to answer that question. You see, long time ago, on a planet not so far <laughs> Oh, <from> Jesus. <laughs> the song Crab Nebula was a Christmas song already. Yes. And that was actually about George H.W. Bush. That's right. And it was about him and Danny Boy Quail. And it went... How did it go, Joe? It went... Um, hmm. If you're going to plant your George Bush... You're going to plant your George Bush. Better make sure you... Make sure you bag ye a Danny Quail. If you're going to plant your George Bush, better make sure you bag ye a Danny Quail. Or what's the point? You might as well just fail. And that's and then uh, I changed it when the George W. Bush administration was in there, and we changed it to. I guess we sang that one in the in the song. Yes. So we don't have to sing that here. But yes, we changed it to what it is today. We changed it to if you're gonna if you're gonna clear some W. Brush, better make sure you cut that dicky chain. So we've actually had a lot of country songs, and uh, they're almost all Christmas-related. Yeah. First one was was about Ronnie Reagan leaving That's office. Right. 
countries. Yeah. That was called Christmas Out West. Christmas out west, we always wish him the very best. Capital gains tax cut is good news on this ranch. Children give thanks, a happy birthday to our Lord. Our glorious victories assured. Ron is coming home, leaving old George Bush on his own. Jay. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. This guy remembers the whole song. Well, so that was that was the first of the Western Christmas songs. And then, and then I think we had the PT-109. We had the... Around his place in history. And the PT-109 one. range. Children give thanks, say happy birthday to our Lord. Our glorious destiny's assured. Ron is coming home, leaving old George Bush on his own. Maybe even Dan Quill come back from the unknown. Ron is coming home. Yeah, that's pretty good, Joe. You remembered it, and I almost remembered it. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not trying to play it. I don't remember so well. So then there was the Christmas PT-109 song, and then we had another George Bush, George H.W. Bush Christmas song, which I don't quite remember. Yeah, it was... Um... I don't know if it was a... Was it a country number? It was kind of like... Up, up, up in a plane During the big war Oh, maybe it wasn't I had the misfortune to be I was on a mission That had George Bush in command As it turned out Only one of us survived Bet you can't guess which one. Down, down in flames during the big war. The George Axis he shoots. <laughs> hey, are you guys okay back there? I thought I heard him say. But then I answered to a draft in his Geronimo. Well, sometimes only the hero survives to tell the tale. Someone ought to see if George knows why that is. It is a Christmas song, Joe. The next line is every year around Christmas time. Yeah. It's like that's how it tied it to Christmas. Every year Christmas time. I wonder how it might have been. If I had served on PT-109 Had I served on PT-109 
I would have the good fortune to be <laughs> on patrol with Lieutenant JFK. It's a terrible navigator. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, so yeah, what do we have any? Did we have any other Western Christmas songs? I almost think we did. Oh, I'm sure. I'm almost sure we did. Sure Was Texas brand a kazoo? Was that a Christmas? Song? I think it was. was I it? think it was on the same one, the same tape as the Aust- Christmas with the Australopithecus. Well, I think we satisfactorily answered this yeah. man's question. Yes, I don't remember that word too well. Substitute. <laughs> What a strange name! It's kind of a, it's a waltz actually. It's kind of a real name. Wait, what is a waltz? Oh, oh yeah. Kazoo oh yeah, right. It's one, two, three, one, See two. him is to admire him all his strength and, and his, his skill. skill. He's a self-made inherent millionaire, <laughs> oh, yeah. the pride of George Will. Yeah, that's right. I don't think George Will ever really liked him too much, but he he know. sneers at everybody so. Well, I don't know what you mean, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a slimy, sneering kind of man. He's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> he still thrives on He's television. Still thrives on television. Him and Peggy Noonan. Oh God, I, I don't know. I it's been a long time since I've watched a, a afternoon or morning uh, news show. So. Well, I just heard uh, Peggy Noonan on the television this morning. Oh, well, lucky you. So charming. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly charming. Yes. Well, so, Joe, did you Quite. receive any questions yourself from our longest podcast ever? Um, The only question I received <laughs> is, is why? 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 Why, why did you do it? Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Yes, it was it sounded a bit like that. It was actually Marvin, my personal robot assistant, had a few questions. Oh, okay. One of them was What salad is it <laughs> <laughs> And what did Trevor James Constable ask you? <laughs> I thought of his Oregon generating device the other day because I saw something similar. Well he thought it was peculiar that uh our podcast seemed to be attracting invisible, invisible flying critters. <laughs> invisible flying predators. What other explanation could there possibly be? <laughs> Poor Trevor James Constable. He probably actually, if you do a search on Trevor James Trevor James Constable, I think what comes up is us. <laughs> you don't come up with a picture of him with a beret. Well, you do get that. <laughs> He's my hero. Was <laughs> he English or Australian or something? I think he was an Aussie. God, he looked it. <laughs> he looked like the quintessential Australian. It's interesting because you know how they say there's uh, six degrees of separation between you and, I don't know, Kevin Bacon or whoever. They say there's but no they, devil, Jim. They say there's no devil. But there I'm is. only really disconnected from trevor james constable by about two degrees of separation because i met i met wilhelm reich's daughter well i talked to several people who knew lincoln up in maine 
So I'm like one degree away from Lincoln, Her Joe. Her father was the inventor of Oregon Energy. <laughs> That's incredible, Joe. And he most certainly <laughs> knew Trevor James Constable. Trevor James Constable was a follower of Wilhelm Reich. Was he the inventor of the Third Reich? Yes. <laughs> and are you? Who are you turning into now, Doctor Livingston? I presume. I don't know. I think he's turning into Sir Edmund Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to tell us about about the abominable snow. Sir Edmund Hillary. <laughs> That's sacrilege. I've been pilloried. <laughs> um, what do you have to say about Buzz Aldrin? <laughs> Is it true that... Buzz. <laughs> no, that, wait a minute. That was John Glenn. The guy, like... Remember the guy that, like, hit John Glenn? And then, like, told, All right. him, told him he had to tell him something? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, wait. There's going to be massive floods. Oh, right. Yeah, he started talking about massive floods. He was right about the massive floods, Joe. It was. There were. We figured After that... After he said that. He had to punch John Glenn's head in order to make John Glenn's head act like a crystal ball and show the future. That's right. And so he punched John Glenn's head. That's right. It's like that soothsayer that John and Yoko went to see who had to eat ice cream buns in order to to predict the future. To yeah. communicate with the Martians. I think yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> That's how Lennon described it. So... <laughs> He did, James. He did. He, he did, James. He did. Gosh. Look it up. Google it. I will. Ice cream buns. Martians. John well, that was in his, like, epic interview, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in his Rolling Stone, Rolling Stone like, 1970 yeah. interview. Where, or he, 1971. where the many moods of John Lennon were Gosh. revealed. <laughs> uh, he, 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 he pretty much trash-talked everybody. <laughs> he trash-talked <laughs> Every one of his friends. <laughs> and he had ever so good a time. <laughs> I could I almost hear him. <laughs> well, they actually have the recordings. Yes, that. I know. I, Posted, heard some, I heard some of that. So I don't know what his mood some was. Some years ago. Because I've, I've only, I've heard little bits of it, but I haven't heard the whole thing. He was, he was being himself. <laughs> <laughs> he was crazy. That was probably what it was like to hang around with him. Seemed like a guy with only one speed. <laughs> yes. You get what you find. <laughs> you get what you get. <laughs> so, Joe, do we have to introduce a song or talk about a song? or what Well, are we doing I believe here? we have another song from uh, Cousin Rick Perry, don't we? Oh, my goodness gracious. Yes, we do. I think it might be um, perhaps... His most desperate song to date. Yeah, well, you, you know, it's desperate times for him. He, he lost, <laughs> lost the caucus. Failed! Yeah, he uh, didn't do too well at Ow. But he's still in. He's still in. He went back to Texas to reassess his campaign and then... Well, see here, Matt, he's no quitter. And then decided, apparently, that he's still in. You're just trying to pull a Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's no quitter. Now he's going to get back up on that banjo. <laughs> um, <laughs> Actually, this song has banjo Bachman in it. is out, though. Yes. Yeah, she'll have, have, to, turn, she'll this, have to return to Bachman Turner this Overdrive. This song that we're going to have for you has an actual banjo <laughs> ban on it. Joe. We were going to 
tell everyone that it was Van Jones on Banjo. But I'd, then we thought, no, we'll tell the truth. It's Banjo. I just want to say this is only the second recording that I've played Banjo on. Each one is <laughs> like the first. <laughs> Complete turds. <laughs> Complete no, actually, the band that Rick was playing with is called the Recognizable Hicks. Although I swear I couldn't recognize any of them. I don't recognize us at all. One kind of looked like a chiropractor. <laughs> but I can't tell because I've never seen him. Because one looked I'm, like I'm Ed, always on my stomach. One looked like Ed Wood's wife, chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy that couldn't keep his Dracula cape on. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're going to turn it over to Rick. Go on, and the two, and the three, yeah. and the four. Take it away. <laughs> Hello. I'm Rick Perry with Recognizable Hicks. I'm falling behind. Ain't never lost before Always won when I tried Tell them just what they want to hear Just as sure as God made corn subsidies No abortions, no exceptions We'll nail scripture to the trade
Well, that was great. I really enjoyed that song by Rick just then. <laughs> the one that just finished you know, just then. I think I learned something. I learned a lot from, from it. Song. I felt a little sorry for Rick at the end. I know. He was kind of he was, he was, he was kind of crying and getting weird and squirrely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get squirrely and weird. Uh, he's he's troubled troubled man. He does like pancakes. However, there is the. Uh, <laughs> The, and flapjack. There is the end bit. Apparently. I, but, I'm, I'm glad we played the end bit. Are you going to play the end bit? Okay. Uh, I mean. Gonna. I mean, you did, just. Did you hear it just then? <laughs> I was momentarily distracted by this paperclip. <laughs> paperclip goes up. Paperclip goes down. Never miscommunication. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, O'Reilly. Where did the moon come from? Where did it come from? We're doing live. <laughs> oh, somebody should teach Bill O'Reilly about science. Well, I just want to, you know, I just want to invite Bill to be on our show. Oh, he wouldn't be on your show. I your, think it would your be show really is interesting. Dumb. <laughs> yes, he could call in. Well, he could. He could call in. Call us right now, Bill. We should start having more guests, Joe. Yes, we should. Um, in fact, I've got plans on that order. I was thinking that really? perhaps. <laughs> oh yes, it's the first time we could I've heard do of phone it. interviews, and we could do field recordings. Field recordings, yes. On the phone, yes. Uh, who did you want to interview? Well, let me think. Rick Santorum. <laughs> he's not going to. He's not going to consent to that. Maybe some of his goons. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can get a goon on the phone. Did you ever get a call back from uh, no, the Gingrich I, campaign? I think that Joe, the air has they gone may out have of, crossed me off the list. The Joe. air has gone out of the bubble. I don't know. Maybe maybe that guy's supervisor was listening. <laughs> You're not gonna get anything, and he like wasn't that. as stupid as his as his, his monkey underling. There. Yeah, <laughs> his monkey. His monkey. Okay, you're looking at your watch and you're starting to noodle on the piano. Well, I guess it's time to go. Banjo. Yeah. Yeah. Clown. Say it again. Clown! Caesar and Christ. They, they had, had them, them both. So, Matt, what's new this week? I fucking know. I understand Cousin Rick has a new song. <laughs> Cousin Rick always seems to have a new song, Joe. I'm so sorry that I told him we had a podcast, or maybe it was you that told him, or maybe he doesn't speak to either of us. Well, I think we have... Actually, one, at least one, maybe two, Cousin Rick songs. We have two. Two? <laughs> That's an unheard of feast. Yes, we were channeling Cousin Rick once again. Yes. Because Excellent. we're not ashamed of our Christianity. And we're also not ashamed of our lack of Christianity. No, should you be? <laughs> <laughs> 
I heard some guy on uh, on NPR. Uh, I mean, oh, Empire News. I should call it. <laughs> MP- <laughs> this is Empire News. This is Empire News. <laughs> this is NPR News. Um, I heard some guy on there uh, from. I think it was from. No, it was South Carolina. Was it General Mills again? Was it? No, it was some you know voter on the street, Nazi on the street, <sighs> and he was saying, "Well, you know, Jesus isn't Jesus isn't on the ballot, so we have to pick the next closest thing or something like." That. <laughs> something <laughs> and like the that. next closest thing is, <laughs> I have no idea. a conservative maniac, perhaps. Oh, it's probably <laughs> Rick Santorum. <laughs> well, he loves the poor Joe. He wants to keep as many of them as possible. <laughs> there will be poor always, man. <laughs> there will be poor always. Yeah, that's that's uh... that's Jeebus. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I like it when NPR does their well every election time they they do this incredibly innovative thing in which they talk to undecided voters because they know how much we can all learn from undecided voters. Yeah. It's um, like, what made you make your decision? <laughs> and they get all glib. I think they even have a host whose name is Glibby. <laughs> Glibby Crumb Ambergris. Glibby Crumb Ambergris. <laughs> yes, that's their chief correspondent in uh, Des Moines. And she'll be interviewing somebody like named Joe Bigot. <laughs> I have a man here named Joe Bigot. From the Genghis Khan campaign. Yeah. Joe Bigot. So I hear you're a racist, Joseph. <laughs> How long have you been a racist? <laughs> Is this the first time, Mr. Bigot, that you brought your son with you? Is he learning all about the primaries? <laughs> what is it about Mr. Santorum that you like the best? And, and they, of course, come back with how, you know, some of the wonderful policy ideas. They should start including, you know, zeroing out NPR and <laughs> public TV. And then what would Glib say? She'd say something like, oh, are you going to have pizza? <laughs> <laughs> Might have pizza while you're zeroing out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's quite so. Yes, quite. Uh, I'm not sure they're considering that. They only get 1% of their budget from... Uh, I know. From the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, though they seem to still want to blow them anyway. Well, a lot of a lot of independent channels, though, in different areas, they get a lot more. So that's true, and they get their a lot of their budget from those yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. So I could think like of from the WRVO stations. I, I don't think the WRVO stations um, actually gets all that much. I, I don't think from the corporation, but I I don't know. They I'm they're... speaking out of my. Yeah, they raise a lot of money from uh, corporate types. Oh, yeah, they get underwriting. Yeah, they get underwriting. But a lot of, especially, I think, more urban public radio channels, uh, of course, if they go, I'm sure NPR will be brokenhearted, you know. Yes. And, you know, NPR isn't any longer national public radio. They have just the initials without it representing actual words. They, like, did did away with that. Oh, like NBC. Does NBC do that as well? Well, it's essentially <clears throat> NBC. I mean, does anybody call it a national broadcasting company anymore? Nah. No, Joe. No, nah, it's like Nabisco, Joe. you know. Did Nabisco stand for something? Yeah, it must have. Yeah, it did. 
National Biscuit Company. Biscuits. Na Bisco. Bisquick. What did that stand for, Joe? That stands for something stuck up my ass. So, uh, switching gears a bit. (laughs) (laughs) From the ass to somewhere higher up, more cerebral. Slightly higher. To the cerebellum. To the cerebellum. (laughs) And the hypothalamus. Okay, you Cro-Magnums. <laughs> and Broca's area. Cro-Magnum. You Cro-Magnons. <sighs> so, Matt, how long have you been a racist? <laughs> Since the day I was born. Since the day you were... You don't even know you're bloody born, do you? For Christ's sake, no. <laughs> For Christ's sake, Chris. You know you killed him. <laughs> We're, we're dipping into old arguments now. He's channeling Ben Cross. <laughs> Whatever happened to him and his know. almond-shaped head? But he sure got cross real well. Yeah, he did. He got really, he very good really when he was angry. Cross. He was cross, yes. When he got angry in his Ben Cross show. He got extremely angry. So, Joe, this was the last week to... Well, I think yesterday was the last day to get in comments to the, um, to the DEC the for their uh, extended comment period for their S-Guys. Right. The um, environmental impact. Supplemental. Supplemental. Environmental impact. Statement or whatever. Report. Yeah. For hydrofracking. Has anyone had any sense of how that's gone? I believe uh, they've got many, uh, many statements were uh, delivered. Uh, probably over two is it over twenty thousand? I think I'm not quite sure what the number is, but it was a lot. I think it's the biggest um, public input they've gotten yeah. on a uh, on any issue. I wrote a couple statements myself. Oh, that's good. Um, we definitely encouraged everybody who lived in New York to submit. I as added, many as they could. I, added I, I my think signature to one or one or two things that were being submitted. I think as statements. I came up with some original things, so I didn't. I didn't uh, bother with you know signing on to. Well, that's because you're a scientist. Pre-made ones. <clears throat> well, I've been looking at the issue for a long time, so I already knew. Yes, I already knew where they were lacking, and they're lacking in many, many areas. Many, many respects. So they got more than an earful. And so uh, I'm sure it'll take them quite a long time to plow through that if they actually do. And to figure out how to ignore that. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, they'll have to do another draft of their of their impact statement. And, and submit that for comment? I doubt it. Oh. I doubt I think they can. Well, we issue. don't want to go into perpetual revision they, mode. They're advised, and then they can probably just start, start issuing permits willy-nilly to issue orders <laughs> all of the all of the gas companies are to have whatever they like <laughs> are to rest and have something to eat they can drill like the marcellus shale they can drill in george washington's head now yes they'll be pulverizing us joe pulverizing us yes they may well be yes i noticed uh yeah i saw humphrey in the paper the other day when it was a couple of weeks ago well he lives in the town of new hartford joe local landowner yes he seemed to be defending 
Does he wants to grow potatoes in fracking fluid, I think. He doesn't grow anything. They called him a local farmer. The man owns a trucking company. They still farm Joe. Can't they farm my ass? They farm your ass? I thought Fanny Farmer did that. (laughs) 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 You shot me, Fanny. (laughs) Very clever. Your point. My point is that I, they do. The family still does farm. They have land, and they uh, we actually get some of our hay from the Humphreys. So, so they make hay. Yeah, so they make hay, and do they uh, make milk. They grow. <laughs> <laughs> That's my father. He makes milk. That was a teacher that John had. That's uh, John, our drummer. He uh, he once asked his teacher if he was a, a <laughs> farmer. <laughs> Is that are you related to the the farmers by the same name? And the guy looked at him and said, "That's my father. <laughs> he makes milk." It's like, oh, he makes milk. Well, he's a mammal, so I make milk. Hooks up the machine to his own butt. <laughs> yeah, I don't think milk comes out of your butt. <laughs> well, I may have come last out of his. checked. Yes, you don't know. I think maybe cheese came out. <laughs> 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 oh, that's a little on the gross side, Joe. I'm a mammalian. I think you could cut that out of this. Testing with, yes, one scalpel. two. Test, testing one two. Okay. As I was saying, <laughs> as I was about to say, as I was about to so say, what, the, what orifice does the cheese come out of? I know where the milk comes from. Now I just have to get straight where the cheese comes from. It comes out of your pie hole. Oh. oh. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> so, Matt, I don't know if you've noticed we've had three months of November. Yeah, I noticed It is that. January. Thank you, God. And it's still November. Well, I think we are supposed to get some snow now. <laughs> yes, but it's a little bit <laughs> the overdue. The temperature is going to go down. I mean, if it snowed between now and, like, March 31st... Um. That still would be. Do you beg much. the lightning to strike? Honestly, yes, it's unusual, Joe. And yes. well, I'm you know I'm looking at the the ponds at the sanctuary, and they've the beaver ponds have stayed open for a long time. I mean, it's highly well in recent years. It's not unusual for them to stay, you know, partially open for a couple of the winter months, but so far. They've, They've just been stayed partially open for every month. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, well, you know, the geese didn't leave until a couple of weeks ago. So when we had that, that one uh, that one week where the temperature came down to the single digits and the reservoirs froze and the geese went bye-bye. But they stayed pretty late. They stayed up until the first week of January. So it's a long time for them. It is. It is. Sad but true. Climate change. But at least Joe will be able to exploit the oil resources on the North Pole. That's right. We've got lots of oil. Yes, delicious oil. Delicious tar sands. Precious oil. Tar sands. Need oil. I need more. 
More, I need more, you understand? More! And ambergris, too. <laughs> ambergris has been discovered in Canada. Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling. Oh, my dear. Cosmonium. <laughs> Cosmonium was a substance uh, that Dr. Smith on Lost in Space was trying to get from Mr. Narum. Yes, for those of you... Minor. For those of you who didn't watch Lost in Space. Yes, it was... It was very applicable to what we're going through with hydrofracking now and with global warming too it's like mr narum was was mining for cosmonium and he was destroying the planet while he was doing it oh man that's ignorant <laughs> and mr that's narum, just the politics of envy. mr narum told dr smith joe <laughs> what did mr narum say to dr smith about the planet oh yeah See, this, this planet, planet is very Made, made it but layer upon layer, layer of, of solid rock, rock so thick that you could lay, lay a burning sun on it, on it and the sun would just burn, burn itself, itself out, out and, and leave, leave the, the planet, planet untouched. untouched that's right he was a uh, well you know he was he was a geologist yes he was um he, he was an industry geologist stroller martin Oh, you're thinking of the yes. actor's name. Yes. yes, the famous. He was, yeah. From Cool Hand Luke, right? Right. What we have here <laughs> is a failure to communicate. Yeah, and he was in the, he was in the Big Valley, of course. Yes. Josh, I gave you enough time to get out. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> but his finest role by far was Mr. Narum. Mr. Narum was excellent, yes. Because and so what ended up happening was that, you know, he was causing earthquakes and uh, <laughs> yeah he was fracking <laughs> yes he was fracking he was basically he fracking. was fracking he was fracking to for get cosmonium. the cosmonium because it was like what did he describe cosmonium as it's like little, little bit of, of sun. sun well that's what uh that's what will robinson called it and he yeah. said little bits of sun. he's smarter than you zach boy <laughs> little bits of sun is just about what this is and so the planet starts, you know, turning into cosmic dust, which is what everything seemed to turn into in Lost in Space. Yeah, because it started a, uh, he set the core of the planet into a state of molten ferment. Yes. And, and so, of uh, course, Dr. Smith was getting really greedy to get some cosmonium, so he stole uh, thruster control from the Jupiter 2, which he, was, which he was pretending that he found on the junk pile. Yes, because uh, they, were, <laughs> they were getting ready to take off because they knew the planet was going to blow. Yes. Because the hydrofracking had... But Dr. Smith didn't believe destroyed it. Destroyed the core. Because Dr. Smith was, believe, was uh, believing Mr. Narum, in other words, the frackers. Right. right, he was believing the frackers. And he was, you know... Motivated by greed. And so he took the thruster control that he stole from the Jupiter 2, and he he uh, gave it to Mr. Narum in exchange for a couple of vials of Cosmonium. Actually, they sat down and played cards. Oh, that's right. They played cards, and, and Smith lost. But yes, then because Mr. Mr. Narum is a very proud man, and he wouldn't take a gift. Yes, but uh, and then Mr. Narum like leaves, but he accidentally left behind a couple of vials yes. of Cosmonium, which Dr. Smith, of course, took. A supernova! You mean a loss? Yes, they had different cards. Yes, they had cards with like galaxies with, yes. on them and supernovas. Two galaxies. Two galaxies. Always a winner. A Except <laughs> when your opponent has a supernova and he holds up <laughs> he holds up a card that has a supernova on it with a five hundred across yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Which apparently they use the same numbering system. Yes, uh anyway. So but then the, he runs off and he leaves 
couple of vials of cosmos. Yeah, and meanwhile, the planet is like starting to. There's more earthquakes and yes. diamonds are falling. <laughs> the, remember, oh, but the remember the diamonds, right? Oh yes, <laughs> damn nuisance is what I call them. <laughs> sweep them away. No sooner do I sweep these away than another power falls down from the sea. Yeah, they had di- uh, diamonds growing on stalactites. <laughs> yes, but the signal moment of this. After after Mr. Narum had said, you know, this planet is so, it's made of rock so thick, you know, blah, blah, blah. Guess your and friends after, were right. right. <laughs> As he's <laughs> running to his ship. In other words. Guess your friends are right about this planet. I guess it is going to blow. <laughs> That's what the frackers are going to say <laughs> to like us. like your friends are right about <laughs> Get the Those anti-frack folks were right about the... About the fracking. <laughs> yeah, right. And as he's flying away in the same spaceship that everyone flew away in and lost in space. Yes, they show the same cutout. <laughs> you, you hear his voice yelling, That's the way the planet crumbles! <laughs> so that's exactly what we're going to hear from, uh, oh, I don't know. What is it? From Halliburton? Halliburton, probably, <laughs> yes. Halliburton. Northrop. <laughs> Northrop Energy. I don't know. There's a bunch of different companies. They're all obnoxious. They're totally obnoxious, and I hate them. No, I I don't hate them. I despise and loathe them. So how long have you been a racist, son? (laughs) For Christ's sake, you know I'm a racist. (laughs) I've always been one. (laughs) It's this racistness that keeps me alive. It keeps us alive. I am not a racialist. That is very discouraging. So, Matt, uh, what Matt, other... What, Matt, um, Matt. We have two uh, Rick Perry songs. Count them, too. Yes. And uh, is there any other number you would like to play for the people? Besides the two Rick Perry songs. Yes. By Cousin Rick Perry. Yes. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. <laughs> How am I supposed to know this? Take him to someone who's learned in witchcraft and let him examine it. There are witches. I will not there hear are. it. I will not hear it. <laughs> I will not hear it. Um, uh, we have, What about Milkman Joe? Milkman no. Joe. Milk- <laughs> First there was Banjo Joe. Milkman Joe. Now there's Milkman Joe. Milkman Joe. Maybe. Milkman Joe. <laughs> We're back to milk again. Banjo. Banjo. <laughs> Don't bring back your banjo. Don't bring round your banjo here. Oops. Okay. So what else is new, Matt? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Too much, Joe. Too damn much. I haven't seen you in so long. Been very busy. I don't know which side... I'm speaking out of it. I now. saw the wonderful video, and we shall post it on our website, of Matt seeing a mink out in the sanctuary. A mink is an animal, Joe. A mink it's a is member an animal. Of the weasel family. In the weasel family. Joe, maybe you could do Rex Harrison talking to the mink now. <gasps> Why can't a mink? <laughs> Why can't a mink be more like be a llama? Be more like a two-headed llama. <laughs> <laughs> Llamas are so stout. You see, Rex, Her- Rex Harrison. <laughs> Rex. Rex Harrison. 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 
<laughs> Life Erickson was no. Rex Harrison was also Doctor Frickin' Doolittle. <laughs> Doctor Frickin' took Doolittle. me way too long to say. If we could talk to the animals, it's late, folks. That song goes through my head. It is a terrible earworm. Have you ever seen the video from? <laughs> I never even saw the movie. I don't know how I know how I know anything about it. <laughs> There's a really it. good scene. Maybe you should maybe you should like either Google it or look for it on YouTube. I can't fire it. It's a it's a very strange scene. It's it's kind of a set piece thing where he's singing and he's like standing there and there's a push me pull you next to him and it's it just looks really stupid. Damn it. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, are we? What are we going to introduce? Okay, Matt. Let's listen to Rick playing his new song, along with the recognizable Hicks. This song is called, I don't know, "Limping Back Home," something like that. Let's hear it. Hello, I'm Rick Perry. Went back to my ranch to reassess my campaign. Oh Lord, went back to my ranch to think and to pray to the Lord. Lord, what could you have to say to your faithful servant with the foot in the political grave? And 
was stupid and unfortunate. <laughs> that was extremely unfortunate. <laughs> okay, I'm here without Matt. Matt's off somewhere inventing something, chasing around after birds. Who knows? Could be anything. I'm going to have a brief um, session of what we used to call I'm only going to say this once. And I'm only going to say this once. What's in the news? Well, there's this cell phone video of um, some soldiers pissing on the body of a group of dead Afghans, presumably um, insurgents. And it's pretty ugly. And it's been condemned roundly by Leon Panetta, Defense Secretary, Hamid Karzai, various people in the State Department, including Hillary Clinton. The um, Obama administration has pretty roundly criticized it. And, you know, understandably so. It's pretty ugly. Um, But my question is, okay, is it uglier than the war in which it occurred? We have what's called an atrocity producing situation in Afghanistan. The reason why this happens is quite clear. We're sending people there for long hitches. We're sending them repeatedly. They're under a lot of pressure. There isn't one single person in this country who hasn't served in the military who understands what kind of pressure these people are under or who knows what they would do in that situation, because they've never been put in that situation. In fact, most of us don't even know anyone who's been put in that situation. It used to be, when I was a kid, I had an uncle who was in the Army. My father was in the Army at some point. I had friends who were in the Army. I wasn't there myself, but there were people all around you who were or who were like three inches away from being in the Army because of the draft. It's different now. It's much rarer, the experience is less common, and as a nation, we're caught between this hyper-patriotism that says, okay, well, we support our troops, but it really only amounts to putting a magnetic, I support our troops, bumper sticker on the back of your car. Um, It really doesn't require a lot of commitment on our part, or a lot of understanding of what's happening. We don't know what brings people to the point where they're pissing on the bodies of people they've just shot. But I have to say, we're a little bit more concerned about the fact that they're pissing on the bodies than that there are bodies to begin with. There are many, many thousands of people who have been killed over in Afghanistan, certainly hundreds of thousands killed in Iraq, people exiled, never returning home. These wars are atrocities. They need to stop. This is just a little peek into the reality of these wars. That's all. We don't really get to see very much of it. And it's ugly. And we should expect it to be ugly. But is it any less a desecration of human dignity to send a drone over there and to incinerate an entire village full of people, call it a compound, and say that there are insurgents? Um, Is that any less a desecration than pissing on these bodies? I don't think so. I think we're just we're just splitting hairs at that point. So those guys 
there's been a lot of talk about prosecuting them and, you know, holding them responsible, but we are the ones responsible. We are the ones who sent them there. We put them into that situation. I know people in the military will disagree with me and say, you know, there's a code of conduct. They violated that. That's fine. But what I'm saying is that wouldn't happen if we didn't send them there and we didn't keep them there and we didn't keep sending them back. And that's all I've got to say about it.
Well, that's all we have time for. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Thank the Lord God. And the others. <laughs> Well, that's all we got for today. Once again, I want to thank Brother Matt. And I want to wish you all a happy new year. It's going to be a good one. This edition of This is Big Green brought to you by the American Petroleum Institute. Once again, our sole cohort sponsor. Coming to a shithole near you. Check us out, big-green.net. Take care now.